welcome to That Season Air podcast. I'm your host Gina. Stick with me as I chat to season airs, expats and adventurers across the world sharing their inspiring stories and interesting insights into living and working abroad. On today's show, I catch up with the one and only Big Chief Gnarly, Caleb Fields. Look around and it's like this proper like crackhead homeless guy swaying can't even open his eyes and then he was like mumbling something and he reaches in his pocket and pulls out like a shiv knife thing oh my god and he's like going for me what like this has escalated so quickly like i'm just buying a snickers from the corner shop and this guy's trying to stab me for no reason but he was so on heroin or whatever it was he could barely lift his arm up oh my god um, tune in as we hear how caleb went from london bus driver to becoming a lifty in austria And stick with us right to the end of the show as Caleb takes us through his incredible journey from the Jehovah community to becoming a season heir. Here's the show. Caleb, welcome to the show. Gina, thank you for having me. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Good, Really good. good. Uh, What have you been up to? This morning, I went for a ride. Mm -hmm. Um, Pretty good. Unfortunately, the Alps are a little bit warm right now. Mm. Very icy conditions, but the positive is it's pretty sunny. So by lunchtime, having some nice slushy laps, some... Technically late season type deals, but it's really nice. Good. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of people up there at the moment. Yeah, yeah, pretty busy. Yeah, a lot of families, but mm-hmm. yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and what's your current situation? So, originally from Enfield, North London. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently living in Meyerhofen now yeah. with my girlfriend, Nicole. And shout out, Nicole. Yeah, shout out, Nicole. Working at Pills Bar today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so now I live here fully. Because of the Brexit situation, have yeah. to have to live here, mm-hmm. quote unquote have to. It's not a problem. It's <laughs> awesome to live here, but uh, based here, obviously, because with the visa, you have to be based somewhere. So yeah. now fully living in Austria, working in Austria and yeah, loving life. When did you first come here? First came here a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say long, relatively long. I was, I believe, 14 on a family holiday with my dad and brother. Um, and it was my first ever mountain. Before that, I'd been snowballing a lot in the snow domes. And uh, they were like, all right, let's get away on a trip. And it was here to Meyerhofen. And yeah, absolutely loved it. It was awesome. Went out with my brother. My dad wasn't snowboarding. We went straight up the mountain. Accidentally did Harakiri as one of the first runs. Oh, no. <laughs> and then it was, but luckily I was already snowboarding quite a bit. Yeah. So we got down it all right. And I was like, wow, Austria is pretty gnarly. Like I heard the mountains <laughs> were big, but this is crazy. <laughs> and now later on realizing it was the steepest slope here. Yeah. And then straight up to the top of 150 tucks, one of the big gondolas. And then just straight lined Route 66. It's really long slope and absolutely ate it. Oh, and no. loved every second of it. <laughs> Came up absolutely covered in snow. I was like, this is awesome. I love this place. Let's go. And yeah, it's just beautiful as well. Just everything the house is and the location is incredible. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's the best. So, what gave you the idea or what sparked your interest into living and working abroad? So, I've got three older brothers and they're not too far off the same age as me. Mm-hmm. And they kind of got to the age where they were going out partying and going to the pub. Or, and I was like, all right, let's go, boys. Let's go to the pub. And my parents were kind of like a bit young for that. Mm-hmm. So you need to find something to do. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of into skateboarding and that type of thing. And snowboarding popped up. And then really got into snowboarding, like really got into it, loved it. And then from there, obviously, everyone goes to the mountains and from there on saw the season air community and go into the snow dome in Hemel Hempstead, the mm-hmm. snow center met a huge community of people there and yeah, just 
that was like the dream straight away. All yeah. these guys coming back and they're like, oh, I just come back from season, been this place, know these guys. And they're like, oh, Mark's off in New Zealand now. And so it was like instantly like, wow, who are these people? Yeah. How can I get there? This is awesome. I want everything to do with it. Like, get me in there. And it was the best, <laughs> like straight away. So yeah, from definitely snowboarding and the winter side of it yeah was yeah, a big deal and the the snow center was the start of it really yeah, uh, yeah. that was the gateway gateway drug into the season air community <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome when did you start snowboarding started snowboarding i think about 10 my like age range in my head is really far off we'll get into that because of ah, yeah, of course. Yeah, i've never really <laughs> kept track of my age which is a really weird thing that we'll get into yeah but yeah, I think about 10, 11, as I said, they were like, all right, you need to find a sport. I wasn't the slimmest child, so like physical sport. <laughs> found snowboarding um, about 10 years old and then, yeah, got into it. My dad, bless him, was driving me every day, like really? nearly every day. I was like, did the lessons. And as I said, I wasn't the most sporty person. So mm-hmm. when I got into it and was, I'd like to say, pretty good at it straight away. So then I was like, this is it. This is my sport. Like, let's yeah. go. And then... Yeah, just bugging him to take me every day, even up to the point when I started working there. Yeah. And he'd drive me even to work. He's like the nicest guy ever. Shout out to Sean. He's amazing. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> even to shifts and he's working himself and he's driving me morning to evening. And yeah, wow. it's crazy. And I would be there like open till close. They even gave me the job kind of because they're like, oh, you're here every day. Do yeah. you want to work? Because <laughs> you're here anyway. Yeah, so you yeah. might as well do something. Yeah. So pretty far awesome. and quick. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first proper job and it was basically just a, a lifty kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. lifty, uh, doing, we have like a pommel lift and a magic carpet and it's like a pretty cool job. You can do it from 16, I think. And yeah, you just sit there, watch the lift, but you get free riding passes. Basically, you can ride as much as you like and it's a pretty cool job. It's yeah. better than, I don't know, working at a corner shop or something. It's like, yeah, I work as a ski lifty in in the middle of London. That's awesome. It's like such a cool different job. So I was absolutely loving it. And I was there in between breaks. I was riding, like open till close, desperate to get to work. And then that transitioned from that into instructing Mm -hmm. as soon as I was old enough. And luckily, because the snow center is very close to London, all the organizations work out of that center predominantly. So a lot of the friends I made were already instructors and they'd run the courses there. So it was kind of the progression up to that and you go straight into it. And I think you can teach from 16. Oh, wow. Leave. Oh, that's awesome. Might need to fact check that, but it's pretty young. It's like you can get in really early yeah. and you don't have to be the best snowboarder in the world. You can be pretty uh, okay and just kind of get your learning chops and then you're ready to go. You can start teaching. It's an awesome job. Like, yeah. as I said, in London, it's way better than I know stacking shelves in Tesco's for your first job or a paper round it's like yeah this is awesome in a giant fridge being a lifty yeah it's cool super cool so cool yeah amazing you were in Hemel Hempstead Snowdome Mm -hmm. you had got into the scene a bit met some people like-minded people who love snowboarding who've done seasons things like that and you were training to become a snowboard instructor yeah what was your kind of plan from there so from there it was again for for season airs, just as a side note, if uh, for the winter side of it, get to your domes, like mm-hmm. get to your local dome. If you think about it, you have the whole Alps and the whole snow scene and everyone in the summer when the season finishes come back to these domes. Mm-hmm. So you've got like this massive network of instructors, season airs, ski bums, everyone from the mountains, especially in the English scene. I think even the Netherlands and now the US as well have a dome. Mm-hmm. They all come back to this place. So like it is the best place to meet everyone. You could even just like get there, get a job, as I said, as the lifty. 
or working in the restaurant or anything, whatever it is, just get there because you meet friends and it's like, oh, we're going on the season now. Do you want to come with us? Blah, 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 blah. And it is the, basically done for you. Like yeah. it's the best place ever because it's a really good kind of gateway into the community and yeah. really sets you up. So yeah, it's, it's the best place. So the plan from there, yeah, was, all right, love the community, love the people, mm-hmm. just every aspect of it. I want to do it. So then what's next? And it was work. Obviously, you need to support yourself and get set up. So from the dome, I had most of it set up. New people kind of knew where to go, had recommendations, everything what to do. Um, so then it was the practical side of it. Where am I going to go? Accommodation, something like a job, but something to support yourself, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. also it's not important on a season, it's about having fun. If yeah. you are going just for the season, then money shouldn't be the the thing you're going for. Yeah, if it's yeah. money, then go get a job, go sit in an office. But yeah. the season is to go get the experience, go have fun. So just do anything as well, like leading on to it. I was driving buses in London and in the mountains, a friend of mine was like, oh, why would you drive a bus? And it was like, because this leads on to that, you know what I mean? And even in France, as uh, stayed with my friend Jake, Jake Terry and his and uh, Steve Terry, absolutely awesome again met him in the dome was riding with him all the time amazing guys and i go stay in their house and i was so stoked over this job it was mcdonald's in uh, near les arc somewhere in the valley and they were like dude they're paying like i think it was like 14 euros an hour or something ridiculous to mop floors in mcdonald's and i was like <laughs> yes oh my god this is amazing i was like i'm gonna be the mcdonald's floor mopper guy and it's gonna be the best thing ever like who cares what it is so yeah definitely like just whatever you know what I mean just get out there like just any job possible but so for me then uh, I started planning and I was pretty good at driving and at the time in London they really needed bus drivers so I was thinking okay perfect every time I've gone to the Alps or wherever they always have a coach transfer or a van transfer whatever it is so from there I was like okay get good money from the buses save up with that money and the license go out and then that kind of sets me up for the season and I have pretty good consistent work through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I signed up for London buses. Mm-hmm. I believe I need to get this um, confirmed, mm-hmm. but I think I was the youngest bus driver in London. Really? Up to date. I think so. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think it was 24 to get the license before. And when I joined, it was 18 and they have like two main instructors, one for North London and then to the other side of London. Mm-hmm. And they pass everyone. And he was like, oh, you're like the youngest guy ever. And there was another guy on there who was 18 and he didn't pass. So I was like the only guy. Mm-hmm. He was like, wow, really good. Like he crushed it. Um, so yeah, I need to get that checked because that'd be pretty cool if I was the youngest <laughs> <laughs> bus yeah. driver ever. But it was, it was, it was amazing. It was so funny because of, like this guy's come from my first ever job working in Ski Dome, which is a bit weird considering like it's a very weird community to start with. Mm -hmm. Very friendly, awesome community, like love work, love my job. And then I'm driving a bus in central London and I'm (laughs) like skater guy, long hair, beanie, pretty laid back. And then I think it was the first day you do a round with a guy on the bus with you to help you out. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, people get on, I'm like, oh, good morning, everything going all right? And he was like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> it's like, these people don't care. Like, they hate your guts. <laughs> and they, they go into their, like, they're miserable. It's like six o'clock in the morning and they already hate life. Yeah. The last thing they need is some kid like, oh, how's it going today? I'm a good day. <laughs> like, yeah. And he was like, give it a week and you'll be over it. Like, you're going to, yeah. and then he was right. About a week later, every day, hundreds of people, same guys. <laughs> like getting on and just oh it was, it was a nightmare it was crazy crazy experience like 
but really cool like it's <laughs> just yeah. random like going from again in a dome then i'm in central london in a double decker bus like crazy situations <laughs> uh, everything happening where my where my route started was in north london edmonton mm-hmm. near the tottenham football stadium okay and I don't know, let's just say it's not the nicest area and it's like a lot of trouble. And we have this kind of control center intercom thing that they communicate to us. So if there's an accident or something closes, they'll let us know and say, take a detour or whatever. Right. But you also hear all the police reports and everything. Oh, so God. it was like, I don't know, for me, it was pretty awesome. It was like, all right, someone's been stabbed on whatever street. You got to go around and I'm like, no way. All right, let's see if we can kind of take a detour and have a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing, especially at the start of my route every day. Like I left the garage one day and they're like oh by the way there's like a crazy guy on the loose just stabbing people for no reason kind of just watch out have a good day see you later <laughs> and i was like all right sweet and like the second bus stop in there's just a pool of blood and some police standing around it oh my god and i was like all right let's go let's, <laughs> let's get through this day like if, you know, it was nuts but we had perspex and stuff in the bus but i think <laughs> twice uh once both times at christmas actually mm-hmm. It was before I came out here um, to visit for about a month. Um, I was in like a corner shop and then I got a tap on the shoulder from a guy really late at night doing the night bus. And you have 10 minutes at the end of your route to kind of do whatever, have a coffee or whatever. And uh, look around and it's like this proper like crackhead homeless guy swaying, can't even open his eyes. And then he was like mumbling something and then reaches in his pocket and pulls out like a shiv knife thing. Oh my God. And he's like going for me. What? I'm like, this has escalated so quickly. Like, I'm just buying a Snickers from the corner shop and this oh guy's trying God. to stab me for no reason. <laughs> but he was so on heroin or whatever it was, he could yeah. barely lift his arm up. Oh my God. And um, in these shops, because the area is so bad, they have like a guy chilling by the door who walks around the shop just to make sure people aren't stealing. And he just like bear hugged this like crackhead dude and chucked him out the shop into the railing and was like oh good boss and i was like i think so (laughs) i guess i'll go back to my bus route now and he was like right see you later like yeah every day like every day like craziness and just like drunk people whacked out on your bus which was awesome because if you go over your like route time Mm -hmm. if it's the end of your route then you get paid double for everything so you have these drunk guys on the bus and because of England and health and safety laws and everything, you can't touch anyone. Mm-hmm. So you're just waiting with this drunk guy on your bus and getting paid double time. I think one time was six hours I had to sit on the bus because if you call the ambulance to get them off or the police, mm-hmm. it's not high priority okay. because there's so much going on in this area. Yeah, Some drunk dude comfortable on a warm bus is not like, he's like, we're going to get to you. Don't worry about it. So I'm just making bank sitting there, just chilling with a drunk dude, like sitting next to him, arm around him. Like, thanks, mate. Like, he just paid off my new snowboard for the season. Like, it was awesome. But, um, so yeah, so then, uh, that was, uh, one of that was the job that kind of set up going away on the seasons and giving me something practical. So then yeah. with that, after that, now I have a bus license forever That's and so I can cool. drive anything, double decker buses. Like they even did like a HGV license with me so I could deliver stuff to the bus, the bus centers. Oh. So then, yeah, it was like really easy. They paid for your training and everything. And now I'm like qualified bus guy, which is ridiculous. Like yeah. absolutely ridiculous. If anyone knows me, it's like whoever gave me that license should be fired. And there should be an investigation into who is checking and doing background checks of people because it's ridiculous that I should be in charge of that much. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, what's the word? Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of uh, responsibility. That's the word to yeah. give to me. But True. But yeah, it was good. Really good. Yeah. Fun job. Something different. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Wow. So we've kind of jumped forward a little bit there, but um, having had a chat with you previously, I know it hasn't always been 
as easy for you to go out and do these things. Um, just tell us a little bit more about your background and where, yeah. where you've come from. Yeah, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of it. <laughs> kind of like, all right, whatever, you've done a season, cool. Like, cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. <laughs> Who hasn't? Like, yeah, well done. Got the t-shirt, whatever, get out of it. <laughs> but yeah, no, so yeah, I mean, really random, even for a lot of people that know me from the Snow Centre and that community. So I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who don't know about Jehovah's Witnesses or that type of thing, it's basically just very devout Christians. And yeah, my family situation growing up was pretty normal. Nothing terrible. Mum, dad, I've got four brothers and yeah, pretty, pretty normal, like nothing crazy. But as I said, it's very conservative Christians. So like to the point where like swearing in the house, even something like that, or if we go to the local church or whatever and you you get picked up for yeah swearing would be like wow my god he's like the devil get out of here something you know really? I mean, it's very very strict like very strict like um we have a lot of nuances like birthdays never had a birthday that's why yeah. my like time frame of my years like when i started something I just didn't have birthdays so yeah. never used it like if you think about it, if you don't have birthdays other than doing paperwork you wouldn't know yeah and even like my dad would go to the hospital or somewhere and they'd be like, all right, can you write down your information, date of birth or whatever? And then it'd be like a chain reaction. It'd be like, all right, what's your birthday? And I'm like, dad, what's my birthday? And then dad would be like, uh, all right, let me just call your mum and find out what your birthday is. And it was like, <laughs> no, I never, no, I never used it. Like, and I had no reference. Like, it'd just be every now and then at some point in the year, it'd be like, oh, by the way, you're a year older now. And I'm yeah. like, oh, cool. Right. Whatever. Like, well, I don't even think about it. You know what I mean? And then yeah, everything to like Christmas, don't do Christmas. Pre- pretty much any public holiday you can think of, we don't do anything new year's halloween like and it's crazy now it's then had this quite weird thing where it's such a tight-knit community you can't you can't even you're not really meant to even mix outside the community okay so i'd say it's kind of like a futuristic amish where you're like (laughs) in with everyone like the, the saving grace is you can go to public schools you can have a normal job but outside of that socially it's very much for the community if I was, I don't know, at school and after school was hanging out with some friends from school that aren't Jehovah's Witnesses, there'll be some questions like, all right, what are you doing? Why are you hanging out with these guys? You mm. need to come back. Like, So then that was the hardest thing with seasons and kind of snowboarding, snow center, everything, and trying to get out was how am I going to explain like, I can't even go to a birthday and I want to go to a season. And for these guys, like everything, like imagine a season. You know, for most people, you know, you go on a ski holiday and it's like, oh, apres ski party, whatever. And it's like, how do I, how do I get away with that? Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go have a nice Christian time in the mountains and <laughs> not touch a drop of alcohol. And you know what I mean? Like be yeah. a very, very, be a good Christian and just enjoy some ski and go home, read the Bible. And you know, it's like not possible. So it was a very interesting thing to get around for yeah. most of my life. But yeah. It's really weird. As we were saying earlier, a lot of people would say to, and they're like, "No way! Like, whatever. You were some Christian, like, whatever is absolutely nuts." But yeah, mm. yeah. But it's, it's it's strange now looking back at. Like, I'm out of the community now, and as I said, I'm living here in Marhofen. I'm doing seasons, very happy, like mm-hmm. everything. And I just forget about it. Yeah. And then I'll say something, or like it'll come to Christmas, and the calls, "Oh, what you got me for Christmas?" And I'm like. Oh, he meant to get gifts for Christmas. Like, <laughs> oh crap, I've got to do stuff. Or like, no, New Year's is going on. I'm like, oh great. Like, or, or Christmas Day, like Christmas Day before everything's shut. 
Yeah. So we'd just be at home. And it was the worst day ever because everything shut. We couldn't do anything. It was like, great, Christmas sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, shops aren't open. And now I've got to sit at a, and we can't even watch Christmas movies. Like, really? Dude, in the car, like, if a Christmas song came on and you were with someone who was pretty devout, they'd be like, oh, turn it off. All right, like, flip it, get it off. Like, Christmas music. Yeah. Really? So, like, flicking through the channels and it's like Christmas stuff. And it's like, all right, can't watch that. No, there's a movie with Sweat Out, turn that off. We've walked out of cinemas before because really? they've like, had a few like as soon as it's like an f f bomb boom that's it all right out of here get come on boys let's get out like yeah honestly <laughs> it's nuts amazing yeah. wow i don't really know a lot about it yeah, to be honest like yeah. what is it that jehovah's believe in it's really weird so it's pretty vanilla christian like but the basis of it is it's just normal christianity very devout but it's very like analytical mm-hmm. so the kind of setup in the church is it's not a dude standing on the on the stage preaching it's like an answering question you have to study the Bible. When I say study, it's like legit study. Like there'll be a translation of the scriptures and you look at the Hebrew of it, you look at the ancient Greek. It's like very much not just go to Sunday mass, whatever, listen to some dude Mm -hmm. and then go outside, go party for the weekend. It's like, that is your life. That is everything like community. Everything else is second to that. Mm -hmm. So like jobs, education, whatever, like you're in that. So I think from, like like baptism, for instance, is your choice. So you don't get baptized as a child. You don't have like christenings. You choose to be baptized and then you're into it and then you're kind of locked into it. And after that commitment, you're in. And that's the other thing with it is where it kind of veers away from quite normal Christianity is if you go out of the community and you sin and you're non-repentant, you don't, you don't like want to be back into it. You're completely exiled. Right. So like. I don't know, you sleep with a girl outside of marriage and then that's it. Boom. See you later. They publicly announce it to your kind of community. And then anyone who knows you, it's like no contact, like blacklisted. Wow. Can't talk to you. Can't do anything. So yeah, it's like, it's funny for me because from very early on, I was like, all right, this isn't for me. I was always into like skateboarding and this stuff and watching yeah. skateboarding. There's like skaters shotgunning beer smashing the can on the head and then like listening to punk music and rock music and and my dad had great music taste mm-hmm. so i'm like listening to pink floyd and stuff him in the car and black sabbath i'm like this is fucking awesome like i love it and then it's like that contrast in my head and i'm like well this music is the devil's music but it's fucking sick like <laughs> i love it like this is so good so from early on i was like this is like for me it's yeah. not for me i'm kind of waiting but then it's just that thing of like the very harsh like if you grow up in it, it's your community. That's everyone. Everyone mm-hmm. you've ever known, any friends or family, that is everyone. So if you're kicked out, you're kind of on your own. You're like out there. You've got mm-hmm. to restart again. If you have been really devout to it, then you're kind of just this weird guy who's like, yeah, you go, we go to the pub and we can talk about the ancient Greek scriptures of Noah's Ark. And you'd be like, oh yeah, you want to talk about the dimensions of the Ark? Like, and we'd be <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So for like most people, it's pretty tough. Like, but yeah. I think for me, Thankfully from my dad, I got this like ridiculous positive mindset where it was like just funny. And it was always just a bit of a funny challenge to get away with stuff. You know what I mean? It was like, I wasn't too stressed. I don't think Jesus was sitting on my shoulder and he's going to like strike me down if I have a cigarette or I don't know, do something. So it was kind of just, uh, I don't know, a bit of spice to like do something, like just going out with your mates. Like, I remember going to a mate's house just to play Xbox. Yeah. And I was like, this is the most exciting thing ever. Like, oh my God, if I get caught, I'm going to get kicked out. Like, oh, this is crazy. And it's like, just around a mate's house, Aww. like just playing Xbox. But yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's not, most people are like, wow, that must have been so hard and stuff. But 
really it was just a great time like for me it was just <laughs> hilarious like everything was just awesome you know what i mean like yeah. just going down to the pub and sneaking back in it adds like a little bit takes it to 11 like <laughs> it's like so the adrenaline rush of just going to your mate's house and playing xbox and it's like i might get kicked out and lose contact with everyone that bit oh, more mate, exciting was, that's, i think that's why i love snowboarding extreme sports because like just going to the corner shop i don't know to buy a little jack daniels or something it was like oh my god like heart pumping like flipping oh. it I'm gonna get, like something's gonna happen but i know it was awesome i love it so was um, your dad not in yeah no no so so grew up in it completely grew up in it okay born into it dad was into it from a very young age Mm -hmm. um so was your dad like a bit of a rebel for listening to like black sabbath yeah yeah pretty much really like it's funny we used to go to santa pod it's like the the drag racing strip and Mm -hmm. they do like all crazy stuff like rocket cars and all this rubbish and even when he used to drive me to the snow center he he loved like got a pretty good music taste horrible fashion sense but great music taste like (laughs) honestly you just act like bangers every day like again black sabbath pink floyd like classics and at first when i was really young i was just like kind of what is weird music like and then i'm getting older i'm like this is awesome and then i'm snowboarding i'm like this music is awesome for snowboarding and Mm -hmm. then in the community everyone's oh this yeah this is like this is the stuff like this is the good so um and then yeah i found out he's also like yeah screw this like i don't want to be in it and he's recently my dad and my older brother out of it so there's also another thing that really helped me because now i have my dad and my brother and i can kind of do my thing and now i have a support i have my i have some family to like have like get my back you know what i mean and yeah. like someone i can be with at the end of the day yeah, yeah. so um but yeah so, but yeah pretty much a rebel i reckon like yeah uh, like secretly he was always uh he's a caretaker of a school and he's always got the builders around and i always hear like the odd like effing and jeffing and i'm like Ooh, dad said a naughty word like no way he's like he's like check him out like <laughs> old high priest over here like <laughs> dropping f-bombs like no way so yeah uh, but now nah, but he, he definitely wasn't the reason like for me to go for sure like yeah but but that that, that type of influence was like a very good influence because it was like gave me I don't know, perspective of the real world. And yeah. as I said before, like the real saving grace is you can go to public schools and work normal jobs. So you do mix with people. And that on top of me kind of being like, I'm not interested really helped because then I'm not just stuck in my community. And I mean, there's some guys that are like homeschooled and they're so like, yeah, like Amish people, like they're crazy. They're such closed off, like don't really know much about the world. And it's a really, really strange community in some aspects, but. But yeah, I'd say on the whole, it's, it's, I don't know, it's cool. It's a, a different, different way, like a different way of life. A lot of positives, I'd say as well. Really? Yeah, a lot of positives. So like mm-hmm. the community is really cool. I'd say for my age, I'm quite mature. I've been told I'm quite mature. And I think that comes from, you're always, it's a very old school type of community. So respecting your elders and, um, very good work ethic. You, when you're studying, you have two church meetings a week, which are like, I'd like to say two and a half hours a piece. As I said, full study and not just listen to some dude. It's like legit study, study. Mm-hmm. And before that, we had to go to someone's house and we have like a study group, even smaller and really go into depth. So then that kind of was, yeah, a good, good work ethic in type of sense. And at these meetings as well, you do public speaking. So from a very young age, you read passages of the Bible and do talks about the bible so it could be any subject say garden of eden or something and you have to study it and come up with a talk about it so again you're not just preaching you kind of have to look at aspects of it and really like talk about it and yeah. research it so that was awesome for me you know like most teenagers can't even speak to a stranger or like get a word out of them but for me i'm already talking to a couple hundred people at these wow. church things and like yeah so that kind of is a really good thing 
in the world to be able just to talk and just yeah, communicate with people. Yeah, public speaking is crazy. Like for most people, they couldn't even fathom it. But for me, I can't shut up because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I just I love talking to people and they've given me these skills. And yeah, and they'll even get, they, they give you pointers on it, like modulation and pronunciation and oh, wow. projecting and all this stuff. So yeah, I mean, my older brother, he did like the, the really big, we did like stadiums and stuff. Wow. And we have this one, this one meeting place, um, forgot the name of it but it's like a couple thousand people and he'd do talks he'd be on the stage talking to a couple thousand people again in depth about like dead sea scrolls and history of the bible and all this rubbish so it was like <laughs> <laughs> not rubbish believe it or not. um but yeah the, that's that type of thing is really good like really yeah. helpful really cool and then gave me a good kind of setup for life in that sense where it's given me these really cool skills separate of the beliefs and everything yeah. to help me along so yeah, it's not it's not all terrible. There's some, some silver linings to it, but yeah, as, as just as a lifestyle aspect, is yeah. if you don't if you're not in it, you're out of it. There's no hot and cold. It's like you're either married yeah. to Jesus and the ideology, or it's like out, you're gone. Like see you later. So yeah, yeah. but I mean, make the most of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your mum is still in it, is that right? Yeah. So mum's still in it. Uh, little brother, he's still in it. So yeah, as far as that goes, this. We like could communicate, you know what I mean? But it's just not going to happen with my lifestyle. I'm not, you know, I'd like to think I'm a model Christian in most things I do, mm-hmm. which I'm definitely not. But <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it wouldn't, it's not possible, you know what I mean? Like I can't live how I want to live, which is pretty normal mm-hmm. and be in that community. It's just, as I said, it's in or out. Like there's no in between. There's no gray area. You're either in it. And if the, it's, it's not like a normal Sunday church where it's like, right, I'm going to go Sunday mass and then I'll go down to pub and mate and do whatever. And then yeah. just ask for forgiveness on the weekend. It's like in there. You're in the community. Like, yeah. So yeah. So it was a bit problematic with the seasons yeah, <laughs> and yeah. trying to get away to the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. So did they have other plans for you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So at <laughs> this weird period where, I kind of finished school, absolutely hated school. It was like prison, honestly, every day. It was like, absolutely hated it. But it was awesome because I kind of got away with it and I was with quote unquote normal people. And Why did you hate school? Oh, I just absolutely hate school. It's just the word. It literally is prison. Like you get there, you can't leave. You got to be there at certain times. It is the worst. Like, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I love education. Yeah. Like I love science. I love everything to do with education. Just like for me it's the school system just sucks it's yeah, the worst man and like if if you can't sit down in a room sit still for six hours straight it's like problematic mm-hmm. no one can do that you know i mean you've got kids you've got people who are like filled with hormones and you're like all right sit down don't do anything and listen to this boring person who hates their job yeah and like it's impossible <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like they know that one subject and you ask them a question outside of it and they're like oh no idea yeah whatever why are you asking questions stop back talking it's oh, i absolutely hated it mm-hmm. especially from like skateboard snowboard community it was like rebellious blah, blah, blah. but like you know <laughs> it's just that just thinking outside the box was not in their wheelhouse and it was just oh so frustrating so yeah yeah some cool teachers, but generally, oh, absolutely hated it. Prison yeah. sentence for how long school was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so as soon as I got out of prison slash school, it was um, basically full-time preaching. So the other thing of Jehovah's Witness you might notice is we knock on your door ridiculously mm-hmm. early in the morning and piss everyone <laughs> off. Piss myself off because I'm the guy who's got to flip and wake up before you're awake to knock on your door and tell you about Jesus. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, so they work on kind of like a time system. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, like, what's the word for it? It's like, um, I don't know, yeah, time system. Like, it works on, you do a certain amount of hours. Okay. What's like a normal working week? 40 hours? Say that 
pretty much full-time job in preaching. So your average kind of uh, witness would do a couple hours on the weekend, every weekend. Oh, wow. And if you want to be a full-time preacher, then it's like a full-time job. You're out every day. You're doing, they've got these new things like carts and you stand out in the city center. I used to be in central London by the train stations, like with a cart that says like the world's going to end take a leaflet, like save your soul and all this rubbish. And I'm oh like, yeah, it's crazy. And then on the weekend, snowboarding, <laughs> getting messed up, like, <laughs> like having a great time and then telling people they need Jesus. Like <laughs> when in fact I needed Jesus, like, <laughs> very like hypocritical. But, um, but yeah, so that was pretty much the like plan. My oldest, all my older brothers went to this place where it's like they print the literature mm-hmm. and it's like their, um, What's the thing where the priest lives? What's that called? Or where like nuns live? Convent or something like that, pretty uh, much. Yeah. You see, my religious knowledge is great. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> like they're, they're like live and work and everything and everything's provided. And it's basically like their, their place. And that's where my brothers went. And that was like a high honor. They've got, um, they've got them in every country, like the main place in, uh, the US. That's, that's where it actually came out from. Mm-hmm. They have the big main Bethel. That's what they're called. I think that means House of God, if I remember my research correctly. Um, and it's actually called the Watchtower Building. It's a really famous building in New York. It's kind of like a staple for New Yorkers. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, these big places are like, if you go there and work there and live there, everything's provided. They have kitchens. They have like industrial kitchens. They have everything, gardens. They have tailors. They have dentists, haircuts. Like they even have a little shop. One of my brothers worked in the shop in this place and it's basically like, tax-free like um stock price for goods yeah and then yeah so they've got everything it's like their their area so that was pretty much the plan they're like we were like i don't know hot shit we were like three three kids in this bethel place like first class top of the top of the line jehovah's witnesses you know what i mean so that was pretty much my direction or Mm -hmm. where they wanted me to go right so i think i did about two years of door knocking which wow. was like, yeah, insane. And like half the time I wasn't even knocking. We'd be like on the street, you meet super early in the morning, no matter the weather, no matter whatever. Like if anything, if the weather was crap and cold, they were like, oh, you're so like righteous and amazing. You know, the work, the, the crap of the day, the better it was. And they loved it. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, it's p- like pissing down the rain and like, oh, God, God's going to bless you so much. And I'm like, really don't give a crap about blessings right now. I'm so cold. Like I just want to go inside. <laughs> See, I did that for ages and that was insane, man. Knocking on people's houses, like six o'clock in the morning, knocking on the house. People aren't even awake and you're like, you're going to die. Do you want me to save your life? Like, and then they're like, what (laughs) are you talking about? Like, I think every week or so the, the subject would change. And sometimes they were right. They're pretty nice. Like, they'd even kind of train you to like knock on people's. It was so strange. They give you like these weird training scenarios where you'd pretend to be like a householder and be the person in the house and you had to give them your presentation. It was like so weird. Um, oh, wow. So then, yeah, some of them were really nice and they're like, oh, your garden looks really nice. And like, how do you think the flowers are made? And they're like, they're created by God and all this crap. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then like other times it would be like, the world's going to end. You're all sinful. Like, what, you actually had to say that to people? Oh, dude, yeah, there'd be some gnarly stuff we had to say. Some of the articles are like, uh, I don't know, along the lines of, like, you're going to die and, like, the world's run by Satan. Well, and they just <laughs> like, choose repent. that week, this is yeah, what you've got just, to go yeah, and tell everyone. Probably, like, have three things in front of them and they put their hand over their eyes and just like, right, this week you're <laughs> doing whatever. Like, because this, this is like a governing body in the US of these, like, couple guys that decide everything. So, yeah, it's just whatever, you know, whatever they pick could be, like, this week, uh, you're like some gnarly stuff as well. I mean, 
Yeah, it's stuff like, oh, yeah, this is like, <laughs> I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Like, it's public information anyway, trying to shove it down your throat. But, um, yeah, stuff like, oh, this happened because you're sinful. You know what I mean? Just like crazy stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm knocking on people's doors and like telling them some nut stuff. But I had my little techniques. It'd be like, they'd, they'd walk on the street and I'd be like, oh, brother, whatever, with brother and sister, which was also ugh, like, so weird. Like, oh, brother, brother fields and that's rubbish. <laughs> anyway, so it'd be like, oh, I'm going to work by myself today, you know, let like someone go with one of the older sisters and hold their hand and help them up the steps. It's a bit icy today. And I just stand at the door and not knock. But then sometimes like people would open the door going to work and I'm just standing outside the door. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> and they're like, what? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, Jesus. And they're like, no, go away. And I'm like, all right, wow, thank you. Like, absolutely insane. Like, yeah, it's, oh, isn't that? And I got, I got caught out by this one guy. I was working with him. And I totally forgot. It's so early in the morning. I'm so tired. And I just didn't knock. And he was like, are you going to knock then? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I like gave the littlest tap, like tap, tap, tap. And he was like, no, we're trying to save lives. He's like, imagine there was a fire in the house or something. You'd need to like knock on the door. And he's like, doof, doof, doof. And I'm like, oh, flipping heck. Like, (laughs) now this guy's going to like, like so early in the morning. He's like smashing the door like it's the police. And he's like, guy comes to the door instantly, no, slammed on the door. So learned to, um, Work with rejection very early on. <laughs> it's very good. Very good life skill. I'm like, it's all good. You can reject oh, wow. me. Don't worry about it. But yeah. But no, but yeah. But again, positive experience. It was just hilarious. Like you're at people's houses every day. You see some weird stuff, like just weird experiences, weird people from the church. Like there's one guy, I think he's Romanian or something. He was so zealous and he's like literally putting his foot in the door people are slamming the door and he put his foot in the door and he's just like no like i'm oh, trying God. to save a life oh. <laughs> and like this is again near the area i was like edmonton north london it's a horrible area like you're gonna get and you're gonna get someone's gonna fight you like they'll mess you up and he's just so oblivious and he's like oh i'm trying to save lives it's like all right let's try and save our life first and not get stabbed <laughs> and then we can you know preach a little bit so oh, wow. yeah so that that was the original direction was a preacher pioneer is what they call it Pioneer. But you were like, oh god, no! I was like, hell no! Like, I was just like trying my best to kind of get through it because I mean, if you're in it, it's like easy street. You're kind of like looked after. Don't worry about it. We got this as long as you're serving God. Then you got like everything's checked out, everything's ticked and finished. And yeah, but not for me at all. Like, got this. They used to call it a double life. They're like, don't live a double life. You know what I mean? It's like you live for you live for Jesus and we do all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. I was like living the biggest double life. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> literally like having a great time with all my snowboard mates at the snow center, like shredding, having a great time, few beers after work, you know, the normal life. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekend, yeah, telling people they're going to die and they need Jesus. So <laughs> it was like very big contrast for me, <laughs> which again, was just awesome. Like it was the best because it was just so fun. Like it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And even at work, man, people like i used to know turning up from the church and i'm like at the smoking area of the snow center like having a fag and then they drive up in the car and i'm like oh shit and i'm like flick it off into the bushes and they're like oh hi brother steve like <laughs> trying to find chewing gum desperately like oh bollocks like oh no, i just gotta ride off like or i'll be up in the bar with my mates and like i didn't tell anyone i was i wouldn't say ashamed of it but like 15 16 and it's so weird like i wouldn't say I don't know, you know me, I'm pretty confident. I'm not yeah. like, oh, I'm embarrassed of this, but it was, I was still in it. So yeah. then people would be like, oh, come around for a 
birthday party or something and i'm like oh no i'm busy man like our uh, schedule stacked like i can't do it you know what i mean but yeah. in actuality it was like can't because if i get caught that's it like so uh yeah i'd be like in the bar of my mates chatting oh yeah do you see this online all this rubbish and then someone turns up and i'm like oh crap like yeah. please don't come over and talk to us and like i've been on the slopes like you know doing whatever messing around oh that was fucking shit that front board sucked and whatever like you know screaming across ah fuck you steve like and then <laughs> some dude just come in the center and he's like saw me on the street the next day like knocking on his door so yeah really weird contrast but, yeah fun awesome like good times <laughs> really good times i loved it i think it's yeah. incredible you got such a positive attitude about it as well so. yeah i don't know again i think it comes from my dad man he's like yeah oh my god the guy is like sickly positive he's like <laughs> He's definitely installed it in me. I don't know. He could like, the house could be on fire and he was like, well, at least we're warm. Like, <laughs> he'd just be there like rubbing his hand like, oh, this is toasty, isn't it? Like, it's, it's insane. Like, and he's definitely passed it on to me. Like, it, yeah, it's crazy, cool. which is good. Like, really fortunate for it. Like, it's the best thing, having a positive mindset. Like, mm-hmm. a bit annoying, definitely for Nicole when it's like, <laughs> you've crashed the car and I'm like, oh, new car. Great. Like, <laughs> she's like, no, you idiot. Like, <laughs> that's bad. And I'm like, oh, okay, crap. Like, I guess it's a, uh, but no, for sure. But yeah, it's good. Definitely always a positive. Yeah. Like, always a positive. But yeah. yeah. So you were allowed to go to the pub and you were allowed to go snowboarding yeah. and stuff like that. But then when it came to going on holiday snowboarding and things like that, did you then, I, I guess you had to make excuses and stuff. Yeah. So that again, adding to the spice of life. It was awesome. Like, <laughs> it was just there. Uh, so yeah, you can do, you can pretty much do anything. Like it's, 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 it's very weird. It's strict in some senses yeah. and then in other senses. Like, you can do whatever you like pretty much as mm-hmm. long as you're in the community. But then the community sucks. Like, you know I mean, in actual life, you know, they're, they're not the funnest guys to be around. Right. So, yeah. So, like, holidays. Like, I, I have this massive community of guys I know and love and, like, the crew at the snow center are awesome. Like, shout out to everyone at the snow center, the best guys riding every weekend. And they're like, right, off the season. Oh, my God, Caleb, you got to come visit. And I'm like, shit, how do I, like, figure this out? So for their side of it, whatever, I can go stay at someone's house. I can sleep on a sofa. I can do whatever I can to get out there. But it's like family side. How do I explain a week away or something? Yeah. So like I'd come up with the flimsiest excuses. (laughs) Like there was some guys up North that uh, went on a snowboard holiday once and already in the UK, it's not a massive scene. And then within the Jehovah's Witnesses, it's like 0.0.1% of them do it. So somehow big community know everyone, they were going on a ski trip and then, hooked up with them went out with those guys and then this one these guys basically become the excuse for everything i pretty much went halfway around the world telling them i was up north for the weekend <laughs> actually like i went on holiday with nicole to iceland and i was like yeah i'm just gonna be in sheffield for like a week and they're like all right see you later and I drive off and then i'm on an like, international flight going to somewhere else like everywhere wow and yeah just always like even I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going on holiday by myself. It must have seemed like an absolute loner to my parents because I'm like, oh, Caleb's gone on the third holiday this month by himself, just like <laughs> in the Alps doing nothing. But actuality, I'm going to mates' houses and everything, um, which is flipping insane. Thinking about it now, like if anything ever happened to me, how the hell would I explain that? Like if I broke my leg on the piste yeah. and they were just like, why are you not in Sheffield? <laughs> and you're in like <laughs> Les Arc or you're in the middle of nowhere in Austria. Like, yeah. So yeah, but made it awesome. Like it's nothing, there's no adrenaline rush, like getting on a plane when you're meant to be two hours down the road in Sheffield <laughs> and you're on an international flight going off somewhere and you're like, all right, let's hope this checks out. Like, but also 
great organization skills because I couldn't have mum and dad do everything for me because I had to do it myself. <laughs> so my 15 booking flights, I hope this works out. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but no, it was good. How did you fund these things then? Because you couldn't tell your folks. Yeah, so that's the other thing. Like, it was what, like, from a pretty young age, it's expensive. Like, you got to get the equipment, you got to get everything. Again, bless dad, he was the best. He used to drive me up there all the time, help me out every now and then, buy us a ski jacket or something. But, I had to work really early on and luckily because it's such a big community a lot of the guys have like building companies and this type of thing mm-hmm. and uh, dad's a caretaker so pretty much had good like hands-on work ethic and could do like carpentry a little bit of electrics was always messing around building stuff so yeah. it was pretty hands-on so yeah just like building work cash work mm-hmm. clean the windows anything I could get just to get a bit of cash to pay for a flight to get out um, and then yeah pretty early on I was working at the snow center and yeah, just working full time, every bit of that money saved up and then get out, go snowboard, get on a, get on a season, do whatever. And then, yeah, and then trans, transition to the buses and then I was working, but always doing everything, like anything I can, building, electrics, like wash your cars, anything you need, I'm down, do it for cash. Let's go, let's get mm-hmm. to the mountains. So yeah, that was definitely another challenge was like funding it just to get out. Cause yeah, you can't be like, oh, mum and dad, can I have a <laughs> grand and a half for no reason? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, why? To go to Sheffield? What are you doing? Nothing? Like, yeah. Yeah, like, no, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, it worked very early on. Uh, yeah. Which again is good, really good, like positive thing because it was working hard, getting like, getting some work in, doing physical work, earning money, like getting to grips with that early on. So yeah, that was good. When you did your first season in My Half and were you still in the religion then? Yeah, so this was like kind of, it was crazy thinking that meant like thinking about it now is like, so th- <laughs> how I approached it was like, all right, let me do one season, get it out of my system. I've always mentioned it, but it's like, no go. As I said, they're so conservative and it's like, no chance, mate. You're not going away for a season and just doing whatever. Like, so you had actually said it to your folks. Yeah. Kind of like, I'm always snowboarding. No, they knew I was going to the snow center because I worked there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah, I want to go to the mountains and I want to do my thing. And it's like, yeah, what? Like, no chance, mate. It's going to be like, Apre ski and there's gonna be girls and there's all this like oh this temptation it's like going to las vegas you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. crazy so i was like all right just give us one season i'll go out there i'll be a good boy like try my best to not do anything bad and then come back and then i'll be like you know high priest or whatever you want me to be and settle into it who cares like as long as i can get it out a little bit um so <laughs> i even had to find on our like church finder thing, a local church. And I think there is one here actually in Austria in, in, in Meyerhofen in the Valley. There's oh, really? like one or two. Yeah. And I even like found it mm-hmm. and I, you have to get like references like in between churches. They know who you are and they have like a write out of who you are and all this stuff. And you have to like send it to that church and they're like, all right, so Caleb's going to be here. He'll join our kind of uh, community. And then he's like, you're right. Get background checks and all this rubbish. So that was like fully committed to this, like, oh yeah, I'm going to go there by myself as well. They thought I'd be totally alone, join the community here, have a season and come back, which actually wasn't the case. I'd like <laughs> got a season accommodation of a couple of friends, was like ready to go out, have a great time. And I think I was unpacking my suitcase when, when me and Nicole moved into our place now, mm-hmm. I had a shirt and tie and she was like, why on earth have you got a shirt and tie? Like you wear hoodies to like weddings. Like what on earth are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, by the, like I was meant to go to like join the local church here. Like I was meant to be knocking on doors out in Austria. And she was like, what the hell? Like what, what even? So I was like full, like, yeah, full yeah. elaborate con just to get on a season. 
That's mind blowing. Uh, yeah, man. no, it was crazy. It was it was mind blowing for me. I'm surprised they got away with it, even getting out there. I was like, wow, they like yeah. fell for it. Like, so yeah. did, did your folks know about Nicole? So when did you meet oh, Nicole? God, no, no, no I, I met Nicole a long time ago. Like we were working together. So that's like it's just these weird again, like weird things I forget about. So me and Nicole always been friendly, really good friends. I'd even go to a family house from the snow dome. Yeah, yeah. from the right, snow okay. dome. So yeah, we worked together. Um, it was part of like the snow center community. And we're always really friendly and people were like, oh, why didn't you two get together? And uh, no one knew. So I was just like, oh yeah, no, whatever. Like uh, single life's for me, you know, like yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, girls are smelly, all this rubbish. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> actually I'm like, I can't because then I'll be like, yeah. you know, on the Satan side. So even she didn't know. And she was like, oh, I thought you were just like a guy messing around. And you know what I mean? Just a standard guy yeah. wants a bit of tail and he's not interested. And he's just like <laughs> messing me around and whatever. And I was like, no, I'm actually a really nice guy. I just haven't got a choice. Like I can't be with you. <laughs> And then, yeah, in the season, so the, the the first season I did, the first actual season, I spent a lot of time in the mountains before, as we said, secretly. But that first official season was lockdown season uh-huh. and got out. We got like finishing the buses now, plans coming together, got my, got my money ready to go. And then it was like, stop, start, whether it's going to happen. It was like, all right, right. we're opening, but there's restrictions. This was the second lockdown and it was very early on and it was like, Oh, are we even going to be able to get out on it? Like, mm-hmm. is it going to happen? If not, are we going to get stuck in Austria? Like, no one knows what's going on. Yeah, I and remember, this was just before Brexit as well, right? Yeah, literally yeah, before, like... you had to be here. Yeah, crunch time. Mm-hmm. Like, get out or you're stuck and nothing's ever going to happen. You know what I mean? So it was, like, super stressful. I've got, like, one side this like whole made up scenario of like my priesthood ship in Austria that is <laughs> absolutely no basis to it and I'm like making it up as I go along ask me questions about it and I'm like oh yeah the brothers in Austria are so excited to see me I haven't chatted to no one like I don't know <laughs> anything about it and on the other side I've got all this like work and stuff I've built up to getting on the season and mm-hmm. it's like teetering on not happening gonna happen yeah last chance for like this is the one season they said yeah go for it you can do it this time um, I, I remember we were, I was on my, like one of my last shifts on the buses and our kind of friend group that were coming out were discussing it. And I was like, you almost coming to tears because it was like, yeah. maybe it's not going to happen. Uh, they were like announcing restrictions. And then luckily it was like, fuck it. Let's just go for it. Let's get out. I like went absolutely ham on paperwork. I had like 50 bits of paper, mm-hmm. every, like anything you needed, basically I got. And I went over the top, all the restrictions, all the visas, all this rubbish basically got to dover uh, got to the euro tunnel english side mm-hmm. of all this stuff we're like absolutely so nervous like are we gonna get turned around what's mm-hmm. gonna happen and the flipping lady didn't even check my paperwork she didn't even look <laughs> and i was like are you having a laugh i've been like sweating bullets like crying over this like stressing and she didn't even like not even glance at it and i was oh, like no. i want you to check it like <laughs> look through this like come on like oh my god i was so pissed off i was like all oh, this work for nothing but then it was like oh my god right we've made it through let's go like absolutely ecstatic like best way to start the season it was like won the lottery it's like all right we got in let's let's absolutely send it to the outs let's go yeah and then yes yeah, so and that was awesome like awesome drive over super stoked got in and then yeah and then lockdown started again for yeah. everyone and yeah the second one and then again like massive stroke of luck austria were like screw this we're opening the mountains for locals if you're here and you live here you can ride go for it have fun and unfortunately i don't think most people want to hear it had the 
best lockdown ever. Mm. Like we it were was very awesome. Fortunate. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I did work through the buses, central London, through the first half of it, and had no time off as an essential worker and all that rubbish. Yeah, like worked through it. So it was like a bit of uh, relief. It was a bit of karma, like to get away. But it was like one of the best seasons to start on. Like super lucked out. No one here. Mountain was like free rain. Snow was awesome. Like. Yeah, mm-hmm. so good. Like, really good. Yeah. Um, best season to ever start. Kind of peaked <laughs> my first season, yeah. so it's all downhill from here, <laughs> I guess. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that first kind of that first season was like, I don't know, one one in a million, I guess. Like everything from every angle was yeah. like crazy. Yeah, and then it worked out. So then we were here. There was no work. Everything was shut pretty much. Mm-hmm. So luckily, all the work I put on the buses was paying off and i had a little bit of money from that and then yeah it was like all right let's stay let's go for it let's just stay here for the season enjoy it this is you know never gonna happen again um and then coming to the end of it it was like oh crap i've got to go back to real life now it's like i've totally forgot about this i've been having a great time you know i mean i've the first time in my life i can actually hang out with mates like i can go around someone's house and not think i'm going to be struck by lightning yeah or like something crazy like that you know what i mean so it's like just totally lost in it in the community finally like can do what i want to do yeah and then season coming to an end and then it was like oh shit like what do i do now like i have no idea and as you said brexit is also coming so it was like all right what's the plan what are we going to do now and then even through that season i didn't tell anyone about the whole jehovah's witness thing no they still didn't know really like i think i mentioned it a few times to people and they're kind of oh cool whatever and then (laughs) i said to nicole she was like oh so like what about us and i was like so I kind of got something to tell you. Well, <laughs> she then, still didn't know. No, no, they really didn't know. <laughs> we had like arguments and everything. And she was like, you're such a dick. Like, you're fucking playing me on or something. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, this, 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 and explained everything to her. And she was like, oh my God, like, could have told us. Like, <laughs> you fucking idiot. Like, what are you going? And I was like, no, I guess so. I was like, just haven't told him for so long. And I was kind of like worried about it. And she was like, no, no one gives a crap. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? So that was a big relief. And then it was like, okay, so where do we go from here? And she was like, right, well, let's get together. Like, we can be together. And I was like, I guess, but mm-hmm. if I don't go back, then I don't go back. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a big deal. Big like, thing, yeah. I'm going to be like kicked out, man. This is it. Like, and then, yeah. And it was like Brexit as well. So it's like, if I go back, I can't really do seasons properly anymore. I can't live somewhere. Like, so then another crunch time. And, and it was like, sack it let's go for it like i want this this is what i want to do i'm not going to go back to that and it's not what i want you know what i mean it's not my life Mm -hmm. and whatever if i lose that community is what it is but i'd rather be happy doing what i want to do and enjoy it and it's such an awesome community like there's nothing like it you know what i mean when you get here it's like wow everyone does it everyone comes for a holiday and they're like this is it i'm staying but it was just that times 10 it was like all right i'm committed i'm in and then, yeah, then it was the practical side of it. It was the visas, which thankfully for us was, I'd say, pretty easy considering. Yeah. I think for um, we were kind of grandfathered into it because we were here pre-law. So mm-hmm. it was uh, yeah, a couple of days in the reminder, a little bit of funny business from Austrian government and whatever. But at the end of the day, we got our visas and it was pretty simple, like yeah. a lot of paperwork and that type of thing. But relatively all good, got everything and committed to being here and yeah got a place of nicole got all sorted out and mm-hmm. we are austrians we're yeah, here residents yeah now. residents here to stay awesome. here to have fun yeah so amazing no. and so how did you kind of break that to 
your community or haven't you like what how yeah. what happened <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you just didn't kinda, go back yeah literally it was kind of just like all right so yeah we're living here great awesome right I live yeah. in austria now and i was just like didn't tell anyone and then it was just it it was like i'm here oh, wow. and then uh i think yeah i told dad and my brother and i was just like yeah i'm staying in austria now great but everyone else is kind of like uh, i'm not gonna tell anyone i'll just kind of wait for it and then mm-hmm. yeah i was just left it i was just like oh i don't really want to like to, i don't know i just like didn't want to face it you know what yeah. i mean it's, and it was also as well they're so like there's no talking to it talking to them as a community is like i can't explain it i can't get around to it so then what's the point you yeah, know yeah. really like it's just gonna be uh, leave it as it was there's nothing positive is going to come out of it you know no. what i mean so it's just yeah and and had your dad left at this point yeah so dad was already out of it and my older brother so yeah i had those guys kind of told them what i'm up to mm-hmm. gave them my current living situation and everything and kept them up to date but yeah everyone else was kind of in the dark of it like <laughs> yeah. they were like waiting for me to come back from my season and just never came back yeah. <laughs> like ivory's in a crevasse somewhere and hinterturks and he's dead or like oh, who knows what's going on <laughs> but i'm just kind of like yeah i'm still alive but i'm not coming back ever wow. and i live in austria and i have a girlfriend who's like they, they kind of refer to everyone outside of the community as the world like worldly people okay so i was like i'm part of the world like you know what i mean i'm like yeah <laughs> Married to the devil. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, poor Satan's Nicole. best friend. Yeah, oh, she she messed up big time. <laughs> <laughs> She's locked in. Yeah. Oh bless her. Um, yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah it's, as I said, like I forget about it. Like completely for me, it's just yeah. normal. And I tell people, and they're like, "What even? Like, are you talking about?" Yeah. I'm like, "Meh, I guess. I guess it's weird." Like, uh, it's quite a story. No. Definitely a very different way of living. Yeah, yeah very, very different. But yeah, good goodness, as I said, yeah. silver lining was super interesting. Like, yeah. But no, it was like crazy. It yeah. was like yeah, challenges and yeah. made it made it a bit more exciting. So you came out to my my Hoffen, yeah. had a fantastic season. It was lockdown. It was uh, Corona, the yeah. pandemic, um, and Brexit. And then you managed to stay. So we'll, we'll move on to the next season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was the summer. So you decided to stay and now you're a resident yeah. and now you're going to be here year round. Yeah, this was the weird thing. I was like saying this to a friend I saw today, Jay from Maverick Snowboard, an absolute legend. Mm-hmm. I had this like weird thing in my head where obviously being in the dome and snowboarding all the time, it's like the mountains are like the place. It's like Holy Grail, Hal Valor for like snowboarders, especially mm-hmm. dome snowboarders. And then uh got out there and I was like, yeah, I'm going to snowboard all the time now. And then I was like, oh, wait, summer comes and there's no snow. Mm-hmm. It's not a snow dome. Like, you, you got to do summer stuff. But um realized summers are awesome. Like, yeah. summers are so good here and everywhere. Like, we had a lovely holiday together in uh, Lake Garda. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was we just did. incredible. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, summer season also incredible. There's so much to do. Definitely a lot slower pace, a bit yeah. more wholesome, a bit more, like, have a good time, enjoy the sun, slow down. But absolutely loved it, like kind of a new in the in the snow dome it's like 365 snow always working open to a close snowboarding which is awesome mm-hmm. but now it was like a different uh, contrast you know what i mean you've got summer stuff going on you've got the rafting you've got uh clutch uh hiking even just going for a hike in the mountains you kind of glaze over it when you snowboard ski because you're going like 100 mile an hour down the slope mm-hmm. and when you slow down and kind of walk around you're like wow this is amazing this is so pretty so yeah, yeah summers were a pleasant surprise actually and yeah looking forward to summer coming up this is so good and yeah 
it's so nice to see all the friends in the community when we're all just together not too many tourists it's a lot slower everyone's just hanging out and it's just yeah good times especially here the weather is incredible in austria especially tyrol like it's surprising it's like blue skies pretty much most of the time 30 degrees really nice yeah. like it's awesome i love it here just skipping back a little bit yeah. in the um covid winter yeah were you working at all at that point uh no no so yeah COVID, absolutely not working no. yeah just Had riding every day um yeah yeah no i did actually wow i forgot about that it was i was meant to be a dishwasher for the chinese restaurant oh, which really? i was absolutely stoked about like again <laughs> like these rubbish jobs that most people are like, oh we'll be a dishwasher but i was like it's gonna be sick like music in just shredding dishes like <laughs> loving life you know what i mean free chinese food like that is the best you don't have to pay me like you just pay me in dumplings i'm gonna be so stoked like it was the best um but yeah it didn't work out so yeah, yeah the first season job didn't go through and i was gonna do the driving mm-hmm. um but i needed to there was like something i needed to do i think i, I think for my first season i was like I just want to do something pretty basic where again i'm not working all the time and i can actually be here to enjoy it you yeah. know what i mean and do something so yeah dishwashing in the chinese which fell through because of mm-hmm. corona yeah um didn't fancy doing any instructing no no <sighs> I think it's like instructions are awesome. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely yeah. love it. Like I did it for five years, I think one of the best jobs I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Like teaching people is awesome, especially kids. Like they absolutely crush it and they're just stoked, especially if you're not like miserable with kids and you can play around a bit and have fun. It is the best job ever. Like there's nothing like teaching people and they get it and they leave and they're like, wow, I've actually learned something, mm-hmm. especially like snowboard skiing. It's the best thing. And they're so stoked and you're stoked and you're like, Oh, let's go ride this is awesome yeah um but yeah i think it just i like to keep it separate personally because i love riding yeah and i just want to be on the mountain and just enjoy riding but i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's a bad job it's awesome awesome yeah. job like uh currently working on the lift for my yeah uh as a lift operator and i'm up in the mountain every day and yeah it's an amazing job if you're like doing advanced lessons you just shredding the mountain like you're just riding with people mm-hmm. you're literally getting paid to snowboard around in the alps like <laughs> maybe you get some kids lessons with some rubbish kids that like don't want to do anything and you but then who gives a crap like yeah. at the end of the day you're done and you're off with your mates having a great time like exactly um so yeah but no uh, for me it was just yeah i've instructed a lot and it was like i'll do something different and then it's kind of like washing dishes i can turn up to work in any condition and it's like whatever yeah. you know what i mean if i've got to like look after some kids on the mountains a little bit of responsibility yeah. that's like the, the, the driving as well I was a little bit hesitant because it was like it's kind of like I can cut loose now. I can do whatever, like take the take the shirt and tie off, and I can like send it. So it's like I want something that I can kind of maybe turn up to work not in great condition and be all right. Like I don't think the Chinese don't have to use your brain too yeah, much. Exactly. No, not much safety <laughs> yeah. involved. It's like, like... going to smash a dish here and there, like whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to lose a kid in the off piece and be like, oh, I don't know what's going on. So yeah, that was, that was kind of a kind of a bit of safety planning. I thought yeah. like, first season's not going to be the the. You know, I'm going to be pretty messy. So I was like, all right, it's just... Uh, Smart. Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> thinking ahead. Like, thinking ahead. So Awesome. Yeah. And yeah, obviously, if you're dishwashing, you're probably not needed in the day. So plenty of time to go around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, riding mm. all day. But yeah, yeah, soon to be season ends. Any job, like any job, don't be picky. You're like, oh, I want this job or the wage is rubbish. Just get out there. Like, so many times there are people like, oh, this job is like this or the hours. It's like, who cares? Like, yeah. it's, if, especially if it's just for a season. Like, whatever, just do it, just get out there. Cause even if you've got like four days, six day week and you have the evenings, even the evenings are great, like you're with everyone. Yeah. And you get to ride, but yeah, just do 
any job. Just get out here, do it, wherever it is, summer, winter, the moon, go get a job, <laughs> do it, even if you're sweeping floors. Yeah, yeah. Just do it, please. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> it should be mandatory. So now you're working as a lifty. Yeah. How's it going? Mountain. Absolutely awesome. I love it. Oh, it's so <laughs> good. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, no, I can't fault it. It's so good. Like, and all the, now my German's getting a little bit better. I can talk to the colleagues and that kind of helped me get the That's job. That's cool, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, working the lift's awesome. Like, uh, I left uh, left Pills Bar the other day, one of the bars on the mountain, and a friend was coming back on, like, the mountain quad bike with the tank tracks. Like, the most awesome America thing ever. Like, a quad <laughs> bike with tank tracks. It's like, oh, my God. Like, it was like a wet dream. I loved it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, you go and buy my lift station by any chance of like just eating a load of pasta or whatever. And he was like, yeah, for sure. And I was like, yes. And I was sitting on the back of a tank quad bike, just sending it like, and I'm like, this is the best thing ever. So like, awesome job. And the other side of it, as I get to sit in my hut and chill and listen to music and stop a lift every now and then, maybe yeah. a bit too late sometimes if I'm kind of enjoying the sun a bit too much. I'm like, oh, should really stop that lift. Like, <laughs> But yeah, no, other than that, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Up in the like up in the mountains, I start like seven AM usually. Mm-hmm. So then a sunrise, get up, beautiful sunrise, up in the mountain in the sun, watching everyone ride, see the friends come out every day. It's like, uh, what's up? Everyone's yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the best. I love it. Awesome. I love the mountain. So cool. Um and was there any particular reason you chose Meyerhofen for your first season? Or Austria yeah. in general? Yeah, as uh as I said, from the community from the snow center, I kind of knew everywhere. So, yeah, you got all these people from the Alps coming back to this one place. So then there's like the guys that from the French resorts and then the Austrian resorts and then the guys at the other side of the hemisphere and New Zealand everywhere. So kind of had a good like map in my head of everywhere and visited pretty much everywhere. Like I also did some coaching internationally, like just private stuff. Really like uh did one in Ishkul recently for a, oh, really? a, a family, uh, um, kind of like coaching slash chaperone and that type of thing so i've been like a load of places but i think for me my hoffen was just the, the location is awesome there's yeah. there's so many resorts that again don't get me wrong every resort's awesome there's no bad resorts like if you're out anywhere it's, it's good there's always good points but here is just especially perfect like not too far from an airport innsbruck's just down the road yeah. you've got munich uh really accessible some other stuff going on and also the community is awesome like everyone here is so cool it's yeah it's really nice it's mm-hmm. pretty much for me a perfect place you've got hintertucks high up as well you've got that year round mm-hmm. and then all the way down to the low resorts which are awesome when the snow's good so yeah as a kind of balance from everywhere austria was perfect for me and just generally like cost of living um even the culture, like it's awesome around here. It's kind of like drink beers, be merry. Yeah. Bit of folk music. Like it's just, like, it's good laugh. You know what I mean? A bit of yeah. like yodeling, a bit of howling and dancing in the beer hall. Like it's just, oh, it's awesome, man. It's a bit yeah. No, nah, probably a bit of me. Like it's, <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Like you get, especially now getting into kind of local community and yeah. just talking to everyone and getting to know the guys. They're awesome. Like they're absolute nutters. They're all farmers and like <laughs> having the best time. And it's the, I love it. Like can't get enough of it. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> love it. Um, so I am going to move on now to the yeah. questions because I think Oof. we've covered everything yeah. um, else. So yeah, you've been to quite a few different places. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to name actually some of the places that you went to for either ski holidays or like extended periods that weren't quite a season? Yeah. Um, so Lazark quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Seeing the Terries, shout out to the Terries, absolute legends. 
French Alps, the Zark, Chamonix, a lot of that area. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of solo trips as well were through Ischgl, uh, Obergurgl here in Austria, at Meyerhofen, obviously. Um, yeah, kind of all over. A lot of just visiting. A lot mm-hmm. of like half the time, not even know where I'm going, to be totally honest. Where it's like <laughs> friends are like, turn up here. Here's a flight. Like, let's go. Yeah. Um, one place I do need to visit is definitely New Zealand. Get down to like New Zealand side, get onto the other hemisphere and get to Japan. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Definitely need a piece of that. So with all those places in mind that you have been, if someone was planning to do only one season, where would you recommend them to go and why? Hmm. Oh, I'd say uh, again. I think someone else said this on the podcast. It's very personal. Like, yeah. it, it really, it really does depend. Um, I just say, I, I just say, do your research. Like, it, it, it's such a rubbish answer, but like, no, it, it's yeah. not. Yeah, no, it, it just depends. Just have a look, have yeah. a look, see what's going on. Because there's so many different, like, uh, say, Saint Anton for uh, another thing. Saint Anton is like big party town, mm-hmm. and if it's like you just want to go on a season, let loose, go wild then yeah, great, go St. Anton. But if you want to ride and get some really cool terrain and do some other stuff, it was like Chamonix and some awesome mountains, you know, go Canada even, go to these amazing places. Mm -hmm. So really just kind of look through what you want to do. Um, Summer seasons even, like water sports and that type of thing. Like if you're into wakeboarding, you could go and know like a lot of the, I think a lot of the Asian countries have some awesome water, like um, wakeboarding setups and that type of thing. So Mm -hmm. Just plan a little bit, like figure out what you want to do, look what's going on. Again, I'd say the best thing is just get into the communities, like whatever it is, domes for sure. Uh, definitely domes. If it's winter stuff, go to your local dome, get involved. And yeah, anything else, just even online, like if it's, if say if it's like a party season or something like that, get on the Facebook communities, just mm-hmm. talk to people because all these communities are awesome and the people want to reach out. You know what I mean? That's the, the whole thing of the communities is yeah. social and everyone wants to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. So just don't be scared. Just go out, go talk to people, get involved. And that's the best way. And you can figure out, because to be honest, isn't from most of the information of stuff, you can't really actually figure out what it's like. You know what I mean? Yeah. You need to really talk to people. So get out there, talk to people, figure out what you want to do. And then, yeah, that's the best place to go. Get some proper knowledge from the people who are there or who are involved in the community. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. And um, throughout your seasons or even preparing for the season Mm -hmm. or just in general, because obviously you've only done one full season. Uh, Well, you had only done one full season. You've now done a full summer as well on your next winter. But what was your best job and what was your worst job and why? I'd say best job currently is Lifty, actually. I always thought Lifty was kind of out of the grasp of what it could do because generally, if you're in resorts, Lifty is quite a local job mm-hmm. and you have to have pretty good grips of the um, like local language and that type of thing. So, I mean, again, visiting so many different places before and having like a little bit of French and like a little bit of German being like Ina beer bitter, like proper English on holiday. <laughs> and I was like, flip, I'm never going to be able to work on these places. And I just kind of... Would be like that's an awesome job, but I could never do it because yeah. I just can't. But now, surprisingly, I think through like being in the deep end and kind of like immersion, I've got enough German. So yeah, it's the best. I love it. Best job I've done, and still loving it. Currently loving it. Mm-hmm. And the worst job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some interesting jobs I've done, but um, actually, it would say again, very positive. You don't have any bad jobs. I'd say stressful was I was a housemeister which was uh, uh, yes. a caretaker in English. 
And again, not bad. It was awesome. Really cool job. Like they give you a thing called a Hof track, which is like basically a tractor. And in Austria, health and safety doesn't really exist. So it's like, here's an axe, go do some stuff in the forest. Here's a chainsaw, <laughs> like just giving me <laughs> machines and everything and no license needed. So, um, but yeah, maybe just a bit stressful. Like it was the first summer when I, so after Corona season, it was mm-hmm. like, right now I need a job. I'm here. I live here. How I need to get into something. And that job came up. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty full on. I'd say it was stressful in the sense where the boss is only speaking German to me. And as the housemeister, which is house master translated, so you're like in- involved with everything. You are the maintenance guy. It's pretty in-depth jobs. It's not just like, all right, sweep the floor and that's it. It's like, all right, you need to fix that light fitting the swimming pool. You need to do that. You need to do the garden. You need to build this. And so it was pretty in-depth. And I'd yeah. say that was like pretty stressful some days because, He'd give me like these crazy jobs, full like machine gun German, like, blah, 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 blah. Oh and then God. I'm like, crap, I have no idea what I'm meant to do. And I just looked to his daughter and be like, what did he say? And then that was like every day. And she had to basically be my translator and then oh. figure it out. So, yeah, so that was, I'd say, technically the worst job. So, having stayed here now for a winter season, a full winter season and a full summer season, what do you prefer, winter or summer seasons? Oh. 100% winter. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, actually, is, um, it's like a friend always says, he's like, if skiing and snowboarding wasn't a thing, summer would actually be way better. Yeah. Like, summer's awesome. As I said, such a surprise to me. Like, summer is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, come on, like, skiing and snowboarding is so cool. Like, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sick. Like, especially being there for the season, you get all the different, like, powder days. Yeah. Slushy days, you get the pick, you get, like, the best time. So, yeah, yeah. Definitely winter winter for life but Mm -hmm. if i don't know snowboarding or skiing ever finishes then summer all day but (laughs) yeah but no winter is the best just for everything it's just nuts as well it's just carnage like there's nothing like a winter in the alps it's just absolutely ridiculous it's like i don't know flying through on a plank of wood at like 100 mile an hour all day and then in the evening everyone's going 100 mile an hour in the bar absolutely sending it so it's just very true carnage start to finish (laughs) winter where and when was your favorite season or trip and why Ooh, um i had an awesome trip with my friend jake where yeah because a lot of my trips were kind of like last minute or not last minute but it took a lot of like planning all this and like you know i mean mm-hmm. coming up with some backstory and this whole like yeah rubbish we got to make up to get out there and then uh got out of him and it was pretty good snow at the time and like Really good conditions. Uh, Jake is an amazing snowboarder. He's been like sponsored since he was tiny. He was sponsored, sponsored skier first and then snowboarding. Oh, wow. And he absolutely shreds. Like he's so good. <laughs> so then, uh, I think it was around about the time where I was like full time preaching and wasn't snowboarding that much. Okay. And it was like when I was working at the snow dome, I was snowboarding every day, like every day. Yeah. Open till close. Every lunch break, every minute I had, I was absolutely killing it on the slopes, like loving life. And then at this point, it was about a year in of like preaching and not snowballing that much. Mm-hmm. And uh, went out, didn't think much of it. And he just took me to a couple of spots and it was so good, like so good. And I'd been kind of having escapes in the evening by watching snowboard films and like yeah. Travis Rice and all these guys and like backcountry snowboarding. It wasn't even like that extreme. It was just like a couple of these gullies and this piece. But I remember just like music in, absolutely loving life going through these trees. Like just, oh, it was magical. And he's like, uh, been in Lazaka a while now. 
and uh yeah just knows the spots and it was awesome just super deep snow having a good time like shredding with him and uh, i love it like i think back to it now it was one of the best times shredding as well and yeah and also lockdown as well that was crazy yeah crazy conditions but yeah definitely that i think that trip with jake was ridiculous like it just yeah weird like it was just this one gully where it was so deep and it was like something out of a movie. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like all my snowball dreams coming true. Like, <laughs> I think it was before I came out here as well. So every mountain trip I went on was just like savored to air. It was like every second of it. I was like, this is awesome. But it was just like, yeah, absolutely shredding and love it. He's like, I'll shred chemistry if mm-hmm. it is, make a new word. <laughs> um, it's awesome. Like we, we rode together in the dome for so long. So it was like every time we ride together, it's awesome. So you got like local knowledge, amazing snow day. And we're just killing it, like absolutely loving it. Face shots and all sorts going on, like yes. oh, was, uh, absolutely love it. Getting yeah, oh, jittery thinking about it. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. Where is your favourite place to snowboard? Mm. Oh, it's, it's really annoying because it's like Meyerhofen every time, but it is like <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the Zilla Valley is awesome. It's just that the, the there is nothing like it. It's like. I'm, t- I'm, still, I'm still too excited from the other memory of snowboarding i'm like all over the shop now having hot flashes um yeah no it's just a really it's an amazing valley like as i said it goes from hintertux all the way down to the low resorts and you have everything mm-hmm. and you just have such a good uh variety of slopes from tree rounds and yeah and uh, like the park is awesome have a ridiculous park like i think now it's pretty rare for places to have good parks a lot of funding's been cut for that type of thing mm-hmm. now everything's getting more expensive so um but my hoffen have definitely held on to their freestyle park well and there's always a great setup mm-hmm. and then yeah just from the ski pass you can go so far like over to egg arm and it's yeah awesome ski area like yeah. year round all the way up and down Selamzilla, everywhere is like awesome such a good valley so yeah yeah it's a very vanilla, vanilla response and a bit like <laughs> obvious because I live here, but it is it is an awesome place. Like it is really cool. Like, yeah, perfect. Um, in your opinion, what's the best thing about season life or being a seasoner in general? Yeah, so this is I always say this: that seasons should be mandatory. <laughs> like there is nothing like it. Honestly, mm-hmm. like it's the best. It, it. I think at the time of the snow scent, it was like a lot of kids where they're at the age where they're going on to further education, maybe university or something. Mm-hmm or they're going on seasons or like a gap year, that type of thing. Like there's no, if I was an employer and I've had some kid who's like studied for this long or whatever, has no social experience, has never experienced anything, stayed in the hometown or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you had some kid who's like done something, been somewhere else. He's had a bit of a work experience and the, like the challenges of working in the foreign countries. I said, when I was a housemeister, the, the boss is like just talking to me at German. So mm-hmm. then you've got to figure stuff out. And then if you go home, it's like piece of cake. The guy's telling you if you understand everything. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is easy. Like a month <laughs> ago, the guy's just like, bah, 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 and you got to figure it out. And you're like, well, what do I do now? Like, it's a, it, it kind of, it just gives you so much life experience, like, and gives you so just experiences in general. Like, even just like the, the, so international. I mean, mm-hmm. half the time we sit at Mike's Sports Bar or anywhere like that, mm-hmm. you're sitting at the table and there's like, Austrian, then there's a Swedish person, then there's like some guy from New Zealand, there's everything and you're always learning stuff and and then you go back home and then you might see someone, you'd be like, oh, no way, you're from this place and wherever, I know someone from there and you're like, you know, a few words in it and it's just everything about it's awesome, it's just the best, like, I couldn't recommend it enough, as mm-hmm. I said, it should be mandatory for everyone, like, yeah, it's 
awesome. Go do some seasons. Like, whatever it takes, do it, please. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> um, so can you tell us about a challenge or difficulty you faced during your season air journey and what did you learn from it? Ooh, I'd say, yeah, obviously pretty challenging <laughs> from the whole situation, just everything yeah. getting here. Um, not so much a challenge. I think it's more just... It's a lot of it's fun. It's all fun. That's the whole point of it is mm -hmm. to have fun and get out and do it. I think the challenging thing is just to remember to do like the practical side of things sometimes, mm -hmm. where it's like, just make sure you're a little bit prepared. Like by all means, you're on a season, like have a great time, go a bit mental and do whatever, but plan, you know, especially now if you're a UK resident and you have to do a lot of paperwork and visas and everything. Yeah. I think before it was like, whatever, I'm a ski bum, I'm just going to send it there hitchhike to wherever do it now it's like you actually got to put some work in and yeah. you've got to call up a guy and you've got to make interviews and do stuff so yeah i think when like yeah basically just be a bit more practical like be be practical like get that stuff sorted and then you can just get on with it and have a great time mm -hmm. just don't forget about it because like now it could be the difference between getting sent home early or not getting work or 100 yeah it's it's, it's it's annoying and mm -hmm. it's like if you look back before it was so easy was and there's so guys easy. that are just like here mm -hmm. and it was like whatever i'm yeah. kind of just here i can do whatever i like i ain't got to do much but now it's like got contact government offices the employer's got to do everything for you and if you're kind of like oh hi my name's john smith i'm here to send it and party and do shots and they're like okay well you're not gonna get hired then like yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> you need a like proper cv you need to sort your life out and yeah, get it yeah. like done dot the i's cross the t's or whatever it is exactly and then yeah best piece of advice i can give with now the whole visa situation and everything is we kind of heard some like like some bad experiences from the government office mm -hmm. and thank god thank you for, thank you nicole my secretary did absolutely all the paperwork <laughs> <laughs> she uh yeah she pretty much did all the paperwork and sorted everything out and i kind of just signed the bottom bit and i was like thanks babe <laughs> absolute legend done all the hard bit Aww. for me and i just turned up um, I was moral support though because she was absolutely cacking it when it came to the <laughs> government office and I was like chill out we'll be good um, but the fact that she did such a good job of mine and her visa uh, made such a difference because mm -hmm. these government office people are absolutely miserable <laughs> they hate their life and hate their job <laughs> so if you can make I it I used to be one of them in the UK oh so. <laughs> man I can imagine like and then dealing with people like me and they're like what's your birthday and I'm like I don't even know because I've never <laughs> celebrated a birthday and they're like well you kind of fucking need a birthday like <laughs> it's the first like write your name first like so just make their life a bit easier mm -hmm. and your life and like get everything nicely highlighted and you know buy some nice highlighters and that type of thing get those like tabs so it's all sorted and then yeah they'll have a field day but it really did make a difference like mm -hmm. from other experiences of kind of those classic ski bums that did just turn up and they were like oh yeah, i'm just gonna live here and nothing mm -hmm. and then it was like oh, i've got to do paperwork and then missing pieces and then then they're like all right screw you your next yeah. thing is in two months oh in two months your thing runs out and you've yeah, got to go yeah, home yeah, yeah. yeah so it's just mm -hmm. yeah yeah do that bits get it done 100 percent. what's one thing you wish you had known before going on your first season hmm language actually mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a huge thing uh it really does help like with jobs so yeah do a bit again do a bit of research on where you're going find out where you want to go what you want to do and then just basics like just i don't know there's so many apps now there's so much stuff online and it will make your life so much easier and mm -hmm. also just employers like if you turn up and you're like i don't know if you have nothing and you don't even try, then yeah. it just, there's such a bad impression and they're just, it's not going to help you at all. Mm -hmm. But even just a little bit where you're just like, 
don't know, like bonjour or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you just you just put a little bit of effort into it, yeah. and then it really does help. And it really does. The, I don't know. Yeah, it just helps you out a lot. You know what I mean? If yeah. you if you really just try and learn a little bit, then it goes a long way, and yeah. it really helps you out. So yeah, just. Yeah, dive in and definitely language, yeah. Are there any opportunities or unlikely slash memorable stories that stand out to you that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't have left the UK in the first place? Well, yeah, hundreds. I don't know. Can we say we're in Mike's Sports Bar? We can. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I don't know how bad this is for Mike's insurance, but I mean, tons. It's just like nuts in the Alps. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> crazy. Like as soon as you get out of your town, especially, I mean, I'm sure, especially in party towns, there's a lot going on, but... From my experience, yeah, the winters are insane. There's just all sorts of stuff going on. Every day, it's like, get up the slopes. Oh, my God, can you believe this has happened? And it's not just like, oh, Stacy called this person a slag. It's like, <laughs> it's like crazy stuff. Like, oh, this person wrote off a car, off a cliff or something. You know what I mean? It's always nuts. <laughs> and, like, we, we were, uh, I think it was two seasons ago or three, maybe. And I was actually coming to visit Nicole. And... uh we're in Mike Sports Bar, the old Mike Sports Bar, pre-refurb, and they had the nail game going on. And there was a friend of ours who was like kind of doing, putting his hand in front of the hammer oh, every Jesus now and then, Christ. pretending like, oh, you can't get me, can't get me. Oh, no. And then there was a girl on her first season playing the game. And then he might just probably a few beers deep. His reaction times aren't that great. And she just absolutely obliterated the tip of his oh, finger. No. <laughs> and this poor guy, like, looks at the tip of his, like, looks like someone put a firecracker in a hot dog. It's just absolutely, like, <laughs> obliterated. Looks at it and then just blacks out on the floor. And then poor Mike were like, uh, I didn't even know who he was. You know what I mean? I'm just in this, like, bar in my office. And I'm like, uh, bar guy, like, he's out. Like, and there's blood everywhere. And he was like, oh, fuck's sake. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Idiots. Like, and then, yeah, ambulance crew in. It's like two hours later. And this mm -hmm. guy turns up with his finger just bandaged. And he's like, I'm back. And it was like, the whole bar was like, let's go. Let's get him hammered. Like, <laughs> I think his name was Freddie. So I was like, Freddie got fingered. And it was just like kicking <laughs> off. It was carnage. It was absolutely nuts. Yeah. It was one of the, the many ridiculous things that happens yeah. like all the time. Absolutely <laughs> carnage out here. So get out here. Get part of the fun. Throughout all your travels, which place feels most like home to you? Ooh. I'm not going to say Marathon this okay. time. I'm going to say, I say Lezak. Yeah, Lezak was pretty homely with the boys. That was mm -hmm. the first time where uh, Jake and Steve, uh, Steve Terry's Papa Steve, would uh, take me in and I oh, appreciate it so much. He's like, pop down to the shop so you get the shopping for the week. Um, and I'd be like, oh, how much do you want for that? Can I help out with anything? And he's like, nah, you're all good, man. Like, just happy you're here, happy you're riding, having Aww. a good time. So that was definitely really homely. Yeah, shout out to Papa, Papa T. He's awesome, man. He's like, <laughs> we got you. He's like, just have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Shred it up. So yeah, that is uh, definitely Zuck's first, first home. Nice. When you're away, what do you miss most about your home country? Hmm. That's a hard one because usually I'm like, oh, I don't miss anything. It sucks. Mm. That's why I moved away. <laughs> You can also say that. <laughs> no, no. You know what? I'm going to say fried chicken. Fried like chicken. Austria, sort your act out. Like there is no fried chicken in Austria. I feel like I've had this on the podcast already. Yeah. It, it should be. We, we need to take it to the authorities. Like it's a crime. Yeah. It's a, against the Geneva Convention, I think, if I read up correctly. Like no fried chicken. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like nowhere. Absolutely. I have to drive to Munich for one KFC and it's not the best. Do you know what? Like, Chris Kite said the same thing. Oh, well, there you go. There you go, like, great minds. Shout out to Chris. Mate. I haven't even heard it yet. And yeah, fried chicken. Like, it's such a hole in the market. It's crazy. And they fry it, they got schnitzel. Yeah. Like, what's that about? It's all fried. 
So, yeah, fried chicken. The Season Air Podcast Fried Chicken Shop coming soon. Half an high street. Love it. Right. Okay. Um, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? <sighs> Do exactly what you're doing, mate. Just keep sinning, having a great time. <laughs> keep sinning. Total, total disregard for the Bible. Um, now, for sure, if, I'd say actually for my younger self is just tell people about the whole Jehovah's Witness thing, get it out there, because it's just hilarious and it's funny. <laughs> um, well, I don't know, it's, like, it's, it's even more fun telling people later on, because they're like, yeah. I've known you for years, and you're absolutely not, like, what is this whole thing? But yeah. now, nah, for sure, I think it'd be just, yeah, just go for it. Like, I, I wish I went out a lot earlier. Well, I, I did, pretty young, or like, yeah. I'm pretty young, but yeah, I wish I just do- dove into it earlier and made the most of the time and got on with it, but I wouldn't change much, to be honest. It's mm-hmm. pretty awesome, pretty good journey, like, yeah. loving it. Ace. We talk a lot about mentors on the show. Did you have any mentors who helped you along in your journey? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, going back to the Snow Centre, shout out Snow Centre crew, absolute legends. Like, mm-hmm. again, all those guys that throughout the Alps come back in the summer. Yeah. Had these, like, or like B-Man, shout out to B-Man, absolute legend. Like, this guy, he's working at the Snow Centre. He's, like, lifties. I think he just got a place in France a little while ago. But he's just, like awesome telling me like I- i'd go there work with him and he'd tell me all the stories about the alps and season air life in france and everything and i'd just be like lapping it up and i'm like oh this is so awesome mm-hmm. and then i used to be riding every day and i'd be so stoked on riding and he's like we'd feed off each other mm-hmm. but he was definitely a mentor in the sense where he would be like go out and do it like what are you doing man like go out and get it like you love it and yeah. it's the best thing you can do so yeah be man for sure rob needham absolute legend as well he's like one of the first guys in like uk snowboarding that type of thing really mm-hmm. like tied into the community again he was just like go get it like go snowboard enjoy it and all the why do i know is. that name rob needham Rob was uh, mentioned in one of the other podcasts actually but he's like super early on in the uk mm. scene like he's tied in with snowboarding yeah super someone's deep. mentioned him yeah for sure because i remember he- hearing that and i sent him mm. the link to the podcast and i was like i even mentioned like yeah <laughs> um cool. yeah a lot of guys so many people in the snow center so many like tons of guys but basically yeah the whole crew there the kind of old freestyle nights we used to have and then yeah just like too many guys to mention but yeah, mm-hmm. a big community of guys that were like get out go do it awesome support like awesome guys yeah shout out to the snow center crew absolute legends yeah. nice yeah do you have any quotes or sayings that you live by yeah i was thinking was it um don't ask for permission ask for forgiveness Ah. Yeah, very apt to my lifestyle but yeah. you know what I mean but it goes for everything like maybe some people aren't in the same situation as I am in an extreme sense but mm-hmm. maybe you have parents that don't you know they want you to go straight into university or study or they think maybe a season is going to be a waste of time a waste of money or whatever so in that sense you know if you're not hurting anyone and it's kind of it's a positive thing go for it like don't just wait for people to give you approval for something just just get it like if you want it do it don't mm-hmm. let it be that thing that niggles in the back of your head every day. Like, yeah, that's it. Do you have any books, movies, podcasts, or publications which you can recommend to our listeners which helped you on your path? Or can you name something that inspired you recently? Again, heavily snow sports side. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anything to do with snowboard movies. Yargoons is really cool guys from uh, New York, upstate New York, I believe. And they're just like awesome snowboarders crazy like weird tricks and stuff art of flight is like i think 
uh, Tom West worked on mm-hmm. and did some stuff with that, which I was so stoked about. I listened to a podcast. I was like, no way. Yeah. I had to go, like, tracked him down in one of the pubs. I was like, no way, Tom, tell me everything. I want to hear. Like, <laughs> I was so stoked. Um, but yeah. And then as far as podcasts go, this podcast, like, for a season A, this is awesome. This is like crazy information. And so I wish <laughs> I had this because then it, like, you know what I mean? Helps out so much. It's yeah. so much insider information. Again, whatever it, whatever it is you're going to go for, could not even be winter sports. Just get like straight into it. Find books about it. It could be climbing. Find books about climbing, kayaking, yeah. winter sports, snow sports, um, summer sport, whatever it is. Just get like fully buried into it. Immerse yourself and just find out everything. Like who's the top guys? Who's these guys? And mm-hmm. but yeah, but yeah, as I said, for me, it's like, uh, Scott Stevens, awesome snowboarder. Um, the bomb hole podcast, absolutely incredible legends. And then, yeah, that's pretty much, yeah. yeah. Joe Rogan. If you're into podcasts, you'll probably know Joe Rogan. It's <laughs> awesome. Loads of different people, but yeah, definitely that type of thing. Yeah, cool. And, uh, is, can you name something that's inspired you recently? Ooh, recently. Yeah. Um, probably the rescue teams, actually. Uh, talking of, uh, way earlier about skiing, I think I might get my skiing a little bit better and try and get on Peace and Dinst, mm-hmm. which is like the Peace Rescue. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Awesome guys. Um, shout out to Paul Edwards, who's, uh, <laughs> I think he's working for the ambulance now. Is he? Yeah. And this, uh, awesome man. He's like done mountain rescue and those guys look so cool. Like awesome guys out there doing like ropes training and proper, proper mountain rescue, like some pretty hardcore crazy stuff. And that's like super inspiring. We see like absolute badasses coming in a helicopter wired down like SAS dude saving lives it's, it's fucking awesome like you can't not be impressed by it so yeah yeah that's definitely been inspiration soon and that's like making me want to get some skis out and maybe get some technical skiing going and try and uh, improve that and then do some rescuing yeah but I definitely have to get on the treadmill or something first it's well, <laughs> a lot of hard work but <laughs> no that's great so I'm gonna ask you my mom's favorite question Marglender. what's one thing you take with you everywhere or do you have any travel hacks? Oh, one thing I'd say ever is headphones. Has to be headphones. Hunter. Music. Like if you've got music and podcasts, drives are a piece of cake. And like, but if I, if I forget my headphones, I'm not going snowboarding uh, or I'll be like there for like five minutes. And I'm done. Yeah. Like headphones all day. If I've not got music, everything else can fuck off. Like mm-hmm. it has to be. Yeah. Headphones for sure. And any travel hacks? Uh, just plan, I guess. It's mm-hmm. a rubbish hack, but just planning, like not turning up somewhere or like on time, always turn up early, mm-hmm. not on time early, get there early. Cause then no matter what happens, you're good. You can always chill. You're on holiday. You're traveling, like get there early. Don't be the last minute guy who's missing trains or you're like, especially if you're in Asia somewhere and it's like, you need to get there early and figure out what's going on, especially if it's in the middle of nowhere. So be early. Excellent. Definitely advice. be early. <laughs> Is there anything that seasonal life has brought to your current life? Yeah, so from seasonal life to current life would be, yeah, language skills. Yeah, I wouldn't say my German's amazing. It's like, all right, conversational at best. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty cool skill to learn. Like, yeah. I think before you kind of get into a language, you think, like, it's impossible. Yeah. You kind of learn a few phrases and you're like, well, whatever. But definitely after a few beers, the German gets flowing and it's like, oh, wow, like I kind of learned a bit of a language, like, especially on the lift. It's all in like, my boss isn't really speaking English to me. Like, if anything, he's like, you're in Austria, speak German. It's pretty like, yeah. So yeah, so it's definitely a very important skill, like a pretty cool skill. Like, as I said, I'm terrible, hated school and education and everything. So to kind of learn a language is pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty stoked on that. If you hadn't have gone and done your first season, what do you think you would be doing right now? Oh, dude, I'd be high priest of the church. 
I'll be giving sermons and gospels and preaching every day. Nah, yeah, probably something <laughs> along those lines, you know what I mean? It would have been like knocking on your door, you would have come back from an awesome season, you'd be back in the UK or something, and be like, oh, I want to talk about Jesus, I'm just having a terrible time, <laughs> stuck at some church somewhere. So yeah, very luckily I got out of that, and we're here having a great time, but yeah, mm-hmm. I would have been wow, way deep in the church, would have been me and Jesus the best friends, yeah, for sure. <laughs> If you're in my shoes, what's one question you would have asked that I didn't? Uh, I would say favorite snack. We so we discussed this on the way to Rockerail actually. Uh-huh. Snacks are very important to yeah. me. I want to know people's favorite snacks because there's a pretty telling thing. Mm-hmm. Someone's favorite, especially travel, because that's something you always got with you. You've always got a snack mm-hmm. with you. So we've got travel it, hats yeah, and now travel snacks. Travel snacks. Favorite Add travel snack. Travel snack. Yeah, okay. definitely. Someone didn't say about that. A snack was. Uh, Oh, who said snack was their thing they'd take with them all the time? Siobhan. Siobhan, yeah. That was Siobhan's <laughs> thing. And she's right, man. Snack. I mean, definitely not veggie or vegan, because, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> so, like, Shout out, Siobhan Brogan. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, she's right. Snacks, man. Snacks are where it's at. So that should be it. Travel snacks. Yeah. Because, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and what is your favorite snack? Currently, does schnitzel count as a snack? It's a big snack. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's kind Why of not? a meal. Like, <laughs> a whole meal. But, ah, oh, schnitzel, good schnitzel. Yeah, man. Nothing like it. Why like, not? Absolutely out of this world. Yeah. So along those fried chicken type Yeah, yeah. Lines. There we go. <laughs> Trying to get that fried chicken fix. It's like Nicorette gum. You know what I mean? It's not really a cigarette, <laughs> but it kind of gets you there. It's something fried. <laughs> All right. Um, is there anyone you would like to nominate to come on the show and have a chat with me? Edgy hasn't been on yet, has he? No, but he won't come on. Edgy won't come on. Put, put on the pressure. I'm going to nominate Edgy, and I'm putting on a lot of pressure because he's an absolute legend. Chris Edge. Chris Edge. Get your ass on the podcast. It's literally where you work, mate. Like, it's, it's <laughs> two meters away. Like, get in here. Like, sort it out. Because, yeah, he's awesome, and we need to hear more from I agree, but um, I don't think he'll, I don't think Chris Edge will ever come <sighs> on the podcast. But we will keep trying. I reckon we leave a line of small beers. <laughs> And then he'll slowly come in and we trap him. <laughs> and then he can only be released when he does the podcast. We do it from a cage. Something like that. I bet he'd do it if we could find some fried chicken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's it. See? The seasonal podcast fried chicken yeah. shop. And yeah. you. We need to hear more from Gina. I want to hear from the listeners. We need to have like a Gina's coffee hour where she just gives us updates and yeah. lets us know what's going on. And behind the scenes. Yeah, I do want to do that. For you who don't know, I've come in today and she's got a pretty serious setup. We need to see more from Gina's side of things. All right? We need to see this. That's true. I do need to do that. And I do want to do that in the future. But is there anyone that you nom- want to nominate who actually will come on and have a chat with me? <laughs> I'm going to say probably Rob Needham, actually. He loves a chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can get him in contact, because he's got some awesome stories. Cool. Um, if I recollect correctly, I think he did some stuff with Iron Maiden early on, because they what? were like... Uh, yeah, someone did. Yeah, yeah someone did yeah, talk about this. He's like got some really interesting stories where he was super into snowboarding early. Mm. And obviously, a while ago, it was quite high-end sports, skiing, snowboarding. Mm-hmm. So they had all these like UK rock bands, which yeah. he's uh, super interested in, and they were down to like snowboard lessons and he was the guy doing snowboard lessons so he's just like friends of all these legends and they just <laughs> cool. turn up and he was like oh yeah just like taught them whatever like nice. and he's an absolute character so yeah rob needham yeah nice. uh, um what's next for you caleb next hopefully i'm i'm looking at doing some like lift maintenance type things a bit weird bit out there mm-hmm. but um they're looking for guys technicians and mm-hmm. i thought it'd be a pretty cool job like harnessed onto these big gnarly lifts on the side of the mountains and doing a bit of like wiring off the edge of a gondola sounds pretty cool so yeah, yeah just basically trying to get set up in austria like get a life going here and 
get settled in and yeah so maybe be a lift technician or yeah. i don't know rescue if i can figure out skiing and get yeah. a bit fitter lose a bit of weight we'll see awesome <laughs> no that's brilliant and can you give us one parting piece of advice for anyone thinking about becoming a seasonaire or starting a new adventure oh honestly just do it like there's everything else is bullshit like just do it just start it whatever mm-hmm. it is just get on it because then you figure out from there there's obviously gina's now the pioneer of it but there's not really <laughs> much information out there you just kind of just got to do it like it, yeah. you can sit around and think about it all day but unless you get out there and do it then you're never going to find out so just go 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 100 percent. thank you so much caleb it's been an absolute pleasure and you, you are an absolute blessing yeah. so thank you so much for giving me your time today <laughs> no, thank and, you for having uh, me yeah hopefully we'll catch up with you again when you've done a few more as well Ooh, yeah we'll see you in the future mm-hmm all right. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. That boy warms my heart. So much positivity and a true pleasure to listen to. Thanks again to the incredible Caleb Fields for coming on and sharing his story with us. Don't forget to head over and give us a follow on Instagram at That Season Air Podcast. And if this is the first time you've stumbled upon the show and you like what you hear, then why not head back for our previous episodes as there's plenty more where this came from. As always, thanks to Mike at Mike Sports Bar for the studio space. Thanks to Mondo Way for the music and thanks to you guys for tuning in. See you all again next time. On the topic of advice, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received and what's the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Ooh, wow, that's really hard. Um... Oh, I've got to think about that. I should have looked at the questions you sent me before. <laughs> should have planned ahead. Plan ahead. That's it's great okay. advice. <laughs> what I said earlier. Like, <laughs> don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> don't read the plan and not read the plan. <laughs>